you hear me? What up, Zach? Ah! Hey, I just realized what? that my my uh, Zoom says Will Hitchcock on it. Yeah, I've never been a fan of Will Hitchcock. Not not a great guy. That guy, you know, I don't, I don't know. You just kind of gotta, just gotta deal with him. You gotta roll with the punches sometimes. I I get it. Yeah, <laughs> dude, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I love that wood background, wood backdrop. I am in, um, I'm actually in Vermont at the moment, which I feel like is the only place that you see wood backgrounds like this. Are, are you in Nashville? Where are you? Are you at home right now? Uh, no, I'm actually at the management office. My house is way too wild for me to do this there. I have a four and a half year old and a, and a newborn baby that's three weeks old. So, Holy cow, congratulations. What, what was it like? So the difference between the giving birth in non-COVID and giving both in, co- in, in COVID, I'm assuming it was just you and your wife, right? Like no family was able to go in. What, what was the experience like? Yeah, we were super nervous um, just because, you know, you don't really know what to expect. And it ended up being this beautiful, like peaceful experience because you don't have people roaming the halls. You don't have a bunch of chaos. Like it was really quiet. And last time we had some of our parents come and you know, then friends come after for the next two days and you really don't get much sleep. And this time it was just like us chilling, you know, and hanging out. And it's just me and my wife. And it was like this really special kind of bond. Like it was, it was, it ended up being really cool. Very yeah. cool. And have you been getting any sleep with this newborn around? Is, are, are they sleeping? Are they keeping you up? What's, what's going on? A little bit. I mean, my wife has been such a champ through this. Like we, obviously I said we have a four-year-old Levi and, and so my, my like role has been taking care of him, which he's a little tornado, you know, that like runs around and just, you know, creates chaos. But he, uh, I've been, I've been on, on Levi duty. So it's been good, but you know, the first couple of weeks really supporting my wife, really trying to like do whatever I can, you know, there's not a ton that you can do except for like get up in the middle of the night with them every couple hours and, help out, you know, in whatever way we right, can. Totally. Yeah, man. So it's been good. It's awesome. So I know you're from Florida and I was reading that you grew up working in the sod fields yep. and I'm, I'm actually from New York. I had to look up what sod was and then I realized, <laughs> oh, it's just grass. Yeah. But I, I mean, how, I, how do you end up working in the sod fields? Is that a good gig when you're a kid? Does that pay well better than working, you know, elsewhere? Is, is that a good gig to get? In Florida, it, it's so funny because uh, I tell I used to tell my friends that we grew grew grass, and they'd be like, "Oh, grass? What kind?" You know? And uh, no, it was good. Like it was we my my folks, my grandfather, they've always been in land development, and they've always owned nurseries and sod fields and all that kind of stuff. So at a real young age, all of us, like my brothers, my cousins, we were all put out in the sod field to to understand what real work is, so that their whole goal was to make us realize like you need to go to college, you know, you don't need, you don't want to go out here and be digging ditches and throwing sod your whole life. So it worked. Is that what you do? Yeah. We, I mean, we all went to college and yeah, we would like, we would literally show up to work the whole, (laughs) it's probably too much information, but the whole uh, joke was like there were mosquitoes down there and cause we had our sod field was in the Everglades. So there are mosquitoes down there that we used to joke that you could like put a saddle on and ride, you know? <laughs> and so it wasn't the, the nicest environment and it was super hot and you'd come back filthy, you know, but 
and you learned what a day's work was, you know? Totally. And wait, and then what do you end up doing with the sod? So like, you, yeah, so you're on the back of this tractor that has a cutter on it. And so it drops a blade every foot. And so it cuts out a foot and then it comes up a conveyor belt. You grab it off the conveyor belt and you throw it onto a pallet. And then you throw it onto this like square pallet that has a couple hundred yards on it. And uh, then they throw it on a truck and they take it to a house and they saw their backyard. Holy cow. Fantastic. Yeah, man. We grew St. <laughs> so, Augustine down in Florida, which is like one of the higher end grasses, you know, and I miss it because we don't have it up here in Tennessee. Yeah, you're like a grass, uh, like, 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 I'm sure your lawn's still amazing, though. <laughs> Actually, I wish it was. It's not, man. It's like, I don't feel like I have enough time to actually manicure it the way I'd like to and you know my wife and I just had this conversation the other day that I don't prioritize it because I you know we have we have a house full of kids and you know working and whatnot but if it was a priority like if if it meant that much to you I guarantee you'd have the best lawn in the neighborhood like you you know how you would know how to do it (laughs) I crushed that yard yeah (laughs) unbelievable okay wait so so you grew up and and I I love this story that you know, yeah. I, I think your father saw that you were really into music and he wanted to help you out. And he starts calling every, he takes the phone book, he starts calling everyone in the neighborhood and he yeah. finds a neighbor with a studio. Yeah. What, 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 so like, how do you know you were into music? And, and he just starts calling, you know, everyone in the phone book and he finds this guy with a studio. Like, like how, how does that come together? Yeah, man. I mean, it was such a journey. Like my, my middle brother started writing poetry when I was like 15 and he needed melodies to go along with it. So I started co-writing with him. And then I started co-writing the lyrics with him. And then we had like five songs that we were really proud of. And I think the first one that we recorded was called Send Me an Angel to Love. And um, my dad, he always says, he's like, you know, your eldest brother wanted to play baseball. I went and bought bat ball glove, went in the backyard, taught him how to, how to hit and your middle brother wanted to play soccer when bought a soccer ball you wanted to be an artist i had no idea you wanted to be in music like nobody's ever done that in our family literally there's not like a musical bone in any of them (laughs) and so dad came home from work knocked off work early one day unbeknownst to me i was at school and he sat down with the phone book yellow pages or whatever it was and he started going through studios and entertainment and whatever and he's my mom said he sat there for hours and people would just be like, oh, no, can't help you. Oh, no, can't help you. And this one guy, he called all over Florida and Georgia. And this one guy that was like probably 30 minutes from our house ended up answering the phone and, and answering any question my dad had and being like, yeah, I have a studio in my garage and all this stuff and bring your kids by and here, you know, and we went in there and we created, you know, music and we put we put instruments and music to our songs that we had. And it was, that was the first recording we ever, I ever made, which was amazing. And that's, you know, I fell in love with it. Holy cow. And did you pull in players? Did you have enough musical experience? That the, did, did that guy play? Like, how did you know so how to was, put a record yeah. together? So there was an engineer there who owned the studio and, you know, he twists the knobs and all that kind of stuff. And then he had one other guy that played multiple instruments and I played guitar a little bit. So we kind of, between me and him, we kind of threw it all together. Holy cow. And I mean, did yeah. it feel like the coolest thing ever in a recording studio, making a record first project? I'll never, dude, I got in the studio, like in the vocal booth for the first time. And I was so nervous because, I mean, most people don't know, but there's a, there's a, 
there's a tact to like singing in the studio. It's way different than singing live. Right, of course. So live, live is way more forgiving. And so I had to learn how to sing in the studio. And it was one of the coolest experiences to be able to, be able to walk out of there and hear my voice on this song that my brother and I wrote, like, and just throw the CD in our car, driving down the road or play it for friends. And I used to play like 4-H clubs and festivals and fairs and stuff like that. And uh, I think the first artist I opened for was Neil McCoy at like a 4-H club or something festival. And, um, you know, I give him a CD and, you know, just being able to sell CDs, you know, from the little like flatbed trailer I was playing on and, all that kind of stuff, man. So now, how'd you really, get those gigs really opening up for? Because you opened up for a lot of people when you were pretty yeah. young. Was, was your father in the phone book and calling the agencies, or how? How'd you get those early gigs? No, my dad actually. I used we used to call him my death sound man <laughs> because he would sit back there and he like learned just enough to like run the console and and kind of run the the sound for me and. Uh, the way I got most of my gigs was I, I became really good friends with the radio station there, uh, TRS down in Ocala, Florida. And one of the guys that was a, um, a morning show host, he, his name was Dave Tyler, and he just kind of took me under his wing. And any opportunity that would come up, he would kind of throw my name in the hat. And I got to know him because I would go to their radio remotes at Port of Ocala, and they would have this tent set up. And they would have a stool with a guitar and a microphone in like a, a parking spot right next to the tent. And that would be my stage. And I would sit there and I'd just play for a half hour or whatever after school while people were walking around the lot trying to, you know, buy cars. And so that's how I met him. And then he just kind of put my name in the hat for some festivals. And then you start meeting people and the ball starts getting rolling. And, you know, one thing leads to the next. That's awesome. So, okay, so you decide to go to Belmont. Yep. You go to Belmont. By the way, I'm curious. I mean, I went to I went to Berkeley College of Music, and I remember being in school and seeing, like, all of a sudden, someone being in your class one day, and the next you'd see them on stage with Beyonce, or I had a friend who joined, like, the <laughs> Harmony, and, and I mean, it was crazy. Like, did, did yeah. you, were people blowing up when you were at Belmont? Like, was it, like, were, was it crazy, like, someone being in class one day, and then, or now you look and you're like, holy crap, crap, I was in class with that person, and now they're like, yeah, so yeah, so. there were, I mean, there were a couple people like Tyler Hubbard was at Belmont when I was at Belmont. And um, so just knowing him and like seeing, seeing his journey, that was cool. But that, that all happened after college. When I was in college, there were a couple people, like there was a girl named, um, I think Ashley, maybe it was Ashley Ray. I think she may have had a deal when I was in college. She, you know, she's writing at BMG where I write currently and we're, we're really good friends, but there weren't a ton of people just kind of blowing up like at Berkeley, you know? Um, but I would say Tyler Hubbard's probably like the biggest success of, of my class, you know, my time at Belmont. Absolutely. Well, okay. Yeah. So this new, this new record is so awesome. I was listening to it just before this. And you, first of all, I, I, I think it's interesting the release strategy that you guys have been doing. You know, you've been releasing like a single song over a period of time and then you're repackaging it as like an EP. Was that how, how, how'd you guys decide that that was gonna be the best way to put the record out? We wanted to just like, we wanted people to get to know me and get to know who I am before they, they really bought in, you know, to a whole EP. So we took um, like every six weeks, we just released a new song and we've had this arsenal just sitting here kind of waiting to release it. 
And, you know, my team and I just kind of came up with this idea of let's, let's trickle it out there. Let's like not overwhelm people, but let's let them live with the music long enough to where they start to know who you are. They start to feel the edges of like who you are as an artist and get, get to really see the entire scope of who you are. And then, um, you know, we're releasing another song here coming soon. That's, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of it. It's one of the most vulnerable songs I've ever been a part of. And, and that's going to kind of wrap up the, the six song EP. So I don't know, man, it's just been, it's been a journey of trying to figure out how to, how to get out there and how to get the music heard. How, how many songs did you end up writing for this project? And then did you have to go through a ton of tracks to find the right ones? Or did you know that these six were going to be the ones to make the cut? Yeah. So as you know, I make my livelihood as a songwriter in Nashville. That's what I've been doing for, for years. And so I write probably 200 to 250 songs a year. And not every song obviously is a song for me, but once we dive into songs or I have these ideas that I want to write, um, you know, those are the songs that I'll, I'll put in my pile and I send them to my team, you know, Daniel Lee, he's like, and Will Hitchcock, there are two people that I, I really rely on. You know, Busby was the dude that kind of came in and told me, he's like, you know, I see who you are. Like, I see what you're trying to create, the vision that you're trying to create. And he helped me really narrow it in and be okay with being who I am um, and, and speaking into the things that I wanted to speak into. So, you know, it's just been a journey through time of like, the songs that really raise their hand that say, yo, this is important to me. You know, like this, this song is really important to me. Um, you know, right here, right now was an experience that I had where I felt like I was just, I wasn't doing anything well. You know, I was spread too thin. I, I didn't feel like I was being a good uh, father or husband or friend. I didn't feel like I had enough time and energy to put into things. And I was letting so much slide through the cracks and wasn't really like soaking in life and being present. And the night it hit me was, I was sitting at my kitchen table and I was taking care of some emails and my little boy was about to go to bed and he's sitting on the couch going like, dad, come over here and watch a show with me. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm putting it off, I'm putting it off, trying to wrap up stuff. And I finally go over there and lay with him and I, I kind of keep doing work behind his back. And he looks at me and he laughs at a part of the show and then he saw what I was doing and he just kind of was devastated. And I was like, ah, Oh man, dad fail, like epic fail. Yeah. And so I went into the room the next day and I was like, man, I'm just, I need, I need to be present. I need to be soaking in life. And so that song meant so much to me, you know, it was like, obviously that's a song that's going to be on the CP, you know, and going, going, gone is about meeting my wife for the first time. And, you know, so anything that like is truly, truly represents who I am and lessons I've learned and, and, you know, reminders. I write a lot of songs as re songs as reminders to myself. You know, that's kind of what I feel like this EP is. It's kind of a collection of reminders to like lead with my heart, to be a good human, to be present. You know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Are there any moments or any elements of this EP that might not be there had you never crossed paths with Busby? Oh yeah. I mean, he gave me the confidence to be okay with being vulnerable and speaking into these situations and, and allowing myself to like, uh, 
be okay with not being perfect because, you know, he was a dude that was, when we were sitting in rights or even talking on the phone, he would always ask before business ever got started, he would be like, how are you? How's your family? And it wasn't this like, you know, passive question. Like he was really, he really cared. And, you know, Buzz was that, that dude that like, kind of gave me the license to go out there and write the music I wanted to and, and the experiences that I've had. So, you know, I'll always be grateful to him for that. That's awesome. Well, the, the EP is so fun. I feel like right now in quarantine, I need a little bit of fun in my life. The open yes. track that was sent to us um, right here, right now, I was totally vibing with that this morning and just having a great time with it. And I Thanks, can't wait man. for it to be out and, and for everyone else to hear it. Thank you, dude. Yeah, we actually shot a music video for that. You should check out. It's like, it was kind of this end of the world theme. Like if you had one day left, you know, like or one week left, like how would you spend it? You know, like how would you be present? And we shot it down on Skid Row in LA and, you know, it was just a really surreal experience. So I'm glad that, that you connected to that song, man. That's awesome. So obviously nobody's on the road right now. You know, yeah. nobody's playing any concerts, but I'm curious in your life, do you have a favorite concert or a top concert that you've loved or a top performer? Who do you think is the best frontman in country music? It hands down. Like that's easy for me. Keith Urban going, Urban. I, I went to his show down in Atlanta at this little theater and I was blown away. Like just the way that it's so effortless for him. He was truly created to be an artist and, and, you know, sing these songs. And it was, it was inspiring to watch him play because I felt it like I, he took me on a journey and that's what I walked away from that realizing like as an artist, my job is to take people on a journey, you know? And uh, yeah, that was hands down my favorite show I've ever been to. I saw him for the first time at South by Southwest, maybe four or five years ago, I think he was playing and I'd never seen him live before and he blew me away. And I thought the thing that was amazing about him is his band is having as much fun as he is. Like if you yeah. look at his band members, they're rocking just as hard. It's an yep. amazing show. <laughs> yeah, he's an incredible man, incredible dude. I've yet to like sit down and meet him, but that's one of my goals. Like, I, I just I want to know Keith Urban. I want to like pick his brain. <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. Well, Ryan, be well. Thank you so much for taking the time. And yeah, excited, thank you. Zach. Excited to see. It. Is there anything we have the new EP coming up? Is is there anything else we should be on the lookout for? I mean, the EP is kind of a lot right there. But is, yeah, there man. is there anything else we should know about? This is, I mean, this EP is just a deep dive into my life. So it's like, it's all the reminders. You know, I wrote a lot of it as reminders to myself to just be present and, and lead with my heart and, you know, know that love's not always easy, but it, when it's real, it's always worth fighting for. And, you know, I just, I hope people relate to it. I hope they get to know me a little bit better as, as a person and as an artist. Absolutely. Be well. Sit, give, give my best to everyone, you especially too, Will Hitchcock. <laughs> uh, I will. I'll tell him you said what up. <laughs> See you guys. Thank awesome. you. Peace, brother.